You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, and welcome to the Wrap-Up Live. This is the official Raptors Republic Live postgame show where we de- dissect. I was about to say dissect. That's how you just know it. it's late. Uh, where we recap, dissect, and have some fun talking about the latest Raptors game you just watched. And unfortunately, your Raptors were defeated on a Wednesday night, a very late Wednesday night. I mean, technically a Thursday morning by the LA Clippers, 108-100, bringing the Raptors record to... Three games below 500, 32 wins on the season, 35 losses. I'm here with my co-hosts, Orrin Weisfeld and Aiden Moss. My name is Sahal Abdi. And yeah, another unfortunate loss, boys. Um, we're here to recap it for you. It's funny, we read a comment that said, uh, I think one of you guys wasn't expecting us to be here to recap this game. But guys... Um, I don't want to be here. At least I can speak for... I mean, now I can speak for all all of us here. I was going to say I can just speak for Oren, but I can speak for Aiden as well because he's been here during a lot of the losses this season as well. Uh, myself and Oren, we went through that horrible, horrible COVID season. But, I mean, losses just don't get any uh, – it's very hard to just get used to a team that's just very, very, very average. Um, Oren, I guess we'll start with you. Uh, it was a really late, late night game, like I mentioned, in L.A., uh, going up against the Claw, former Raptor. Uh, they didn't have Norman Powell tonight, the Clippers. The Raptors came out strong in the beginning, and then, as per usual, things just fell apart. What do you think about the game? Um, I don't know where to start. Like, <laughs> this is just a tough one. It's it's a must-win game for the Raptors. I know we've said that a lot, but, like, they need to start stringing some wins here. It's a very winnable game because the Clippers have been playing terribly recently pretty much since the all-star break and the Russ acquisition. And like, I just want to pull up the stats because the Raptors took 25 more shots than the Clippers and they, they lost because they shot 38% from the field and the Clippers shot 54%. And honestly, I know people are going to want to focus on rotations and people are going to want to focus on. What's up, the what's up with that? What's up with the, it's it's funny. Like maybe I sort of dropped. Maybe I haven't been on Twitter in a while. It's like suddenly everybody's obsessing over a certain little aspects. Tonight was rotation. Yeah. Let's get into that. We can get into that later. But I I want to just bring up like I felt like this game was lost in the first quarter, and I know that sounds weird because they beat them twenty five to seventeen. But I've just seen this Raptors game too many times where. You start off great. You force, I think, six turnovers in the quarter. Um, you you overwhelm the Clippers with your defense. But instead of like having this killer mentality where you actually pull away and like really create some sort of separation, the Raptors just floundered so many good looks in transition. Their offense outside of transition was terrible in that first quarter. And 
the fact that they only scored 25 points in that first quarter, like pe- people who watched the quarter, no, the Clippers were handing them the ball almost every other possession. They were, it was a live ball turnover. And that's when I was like, okay, the Raptors squandered this chance to, to take a big lead. We already know the Clippers are going to adjust and play better. And that's what happened. So for me, it was the first quarter that really was so frustrating because the Clippers gave the Raptors a golden opportunity to steal this game. And instead of like having that killer mentality of like, we're going to keep turning you over. We're going to keep punishing you for these turnovers by being smart in transition. We're going to have the offense run smoothly and patiently when we're not in transition, instead of just playing smart, they played terribly. Um, Or, or I should say they didn't punish the Clippers nearly enough. Aiden, um, what did you think about the game? What are some things you want to mention as well, if you want to add on to anything Orn was saying, because I know you had something to say earlier. Yeah, I was actually going to say something similar. Is that they failed to really capitalize on the fact that Westbrook was, again, kind of sinking the Clippers in that first quarter. And it would have built up a little bit of space when the bench came in and gave us absolutely nothing, which I think – I kind of sucks because I was writing about the bench this week and I was writing about how like we finally have a rotation we finally have a core four with like kind of Barton being that fourth guy and how I still lament not having Doughton which the I see the chat's kind of talking about a little bit and he would have been he would have fit in nicely but um yeah it was just kind of it was the convergence of those two miserable things which is that we shot terribly in the first quarter as we do we played great defense which is encouraging. And then the guys kind of come in and Precious gives us nothing. Boucher is kind of like we in his weird funk again. And Gary goes two for 11 for the game. Um, and you, you know, you contrast that with the Clippers, which is like, which is like Terrence Mann really just kind of uh, sliced and diced into the lane. He, they kind of get, it gave the Clippers that kind of up and down game that they needed. Um, probably gave him good minutes. Gordon was fine. Like, I don't know that to me that I mean, that's there's a lot of other stuff going on, but obviously the bench disappearing once again in in combination with our starters just kind of like taking their foot off and on the gas pedal um, set us up for failure. Yeah, um, I think for me, one of the most one of the most kind of disheartening things to watch from this Raptors team tonight was. Um, just their lack of urgency, which and I sound like a broken record because I've said this so many times on this show. Um, I mean, you look at the discrepancy, the massive discrepancy in free throws between both teams, and I'm not even shocked. You know, normally I would go, oh, well, you know, maybe the refs were just, you know, it's the home team. It is what it is. The ref, no, like this was 31 attempted free throws for the Clippers. And 14 attempted free throws for the Raptors. And the only time I think that I could confidently say in this game that I watched the Toronto Raptors out physical, that's that's a word even, uh, out physical the LA Clippers was when Scotty Barnes just decided to just show up uh, late in the fourth quarter. And um, mm-hmm. that's unfortunate. <laughs> it really is. It's really unfortunate. And and I, 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 as much as I want to just go down the list and just blame Gary and this and that, the Raptors got like the, the the shot creation. I don't think was really 
much of an issue. I think it was just the shots weren't falling. Like Gary got a lot of good shots in this game. If you really just go and look at the, the 11 field goal attempts he took, he makes a lot of those shots. He just wasn't making them tonight. Um, beyond that, I think the more pressing issue in a game like this was what Oren first mentioned. When a team's handing you the ball early on in the game and you're not taking advantage and you're not going out on that 10, 10 you're not making that deficit 10 instead of you being up four or being up 12 instead of up six, those things matter. Like you, the Raptors forced a ton of turnovers tonight. 17, I believe, the Clippers had, if, if, if I'm reading this correctly, 17 total turnovers. And the Raptors, you know, having 21 points off of that many turnovers is, is disheartening. It really is. And um, in the in the first quarter, guys, I was watching, and mm-hmm. the Raptors looked engaged. The OG Ananobi off-ball defense on Kawhi just denying everything, getting some steals. Um. You know, Pascal looked super energized. Yeah, Fred looked great. There was just the the the, the, the offense looked fantastic until Tyron Lue, who, I, I mean, I got to give that coach some credit because if you talk about coaches who can make adjustments, I genuinely think he's top three in the league. He proves it every year in the playoffs. He proves it in the regular season. Tyron Lue is the type of coach that if he calls a timeout and he sees something, you're likely not going to have those same opportunities that you had prior to that timeout as the opposing team. So, yeah, it's unfortunate that the Raptors couldn't adjust when they, you know, when they bogged down, when the Clippers bogged down defensively, they packed the paint for that pick and roll. Jakob Pertl found himself being surrounded by three Clippers all of a sudden. The ball wasn't moving fast enough around the, around the perimeter. I mean, what can you do? It felt like the Raptors didn't have, they just went back to pre, and this is going to sound very funny, but it, it was pre-Yakob Pertle Raptors, where there's just so, so little clarity offensively of what they want to do. And it just feels like guys are taking turns. It really did. And um, yeah, it's unfortunate that the Raptors just, no matter what they do, they cannot get anything out of Precious Achua. Um we're, we're used to the Gary Trent Jr. up and down performances because there are games where he genuinely can win a game for Toronto. But, I mean, you're going to need something from beyond that. And and this really sucked that you got a game, uh, I think it was a non-COVID illness, Oren, for, for Will Barton, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you needed a guard so bad in this game, so, so bad. And, yeah, it's unfortunate the Raptors didn't get that, right? That's true. And, and I was on here last game saying like why is Jeff Doughton in the G League right now it makes no sense to me and then Barton gets this COVID illness and you have no I mean you could have played Malachi Flynn I guess but you have no Doughton to play as your ninth man because he's in Mississauga for no reason because he's done everything in the G League that he could possibly do it just doesn't make sense why he's not just and was already doing it in the NBA too yeah uh and it's like it's like, okay, again, a lot of people were fascinating over the rotations tonight. And Thad Young playing the backup five minutes, which I agree hasn't worked all season. And um, not having two shooters on the floor at all time and, and stuff like that. But like when we go down this list, okay, you just have to show up and play well. Like I don't care who you're on the floor with. You just have to like show up and, and be at least we're at the point of the season where you can't have these dud games. You at least have to play like your standard. And when you go up at this nine man rotation, 
Gary, one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. Precious, one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. Boucher was good. Um, I, I don't really agree with Aiden because yeah, I thought he was just well, early, early. I think early defensively they were lost. The three, the three of them. But. Fair enough. Thad was really bad in his minutes. Fred was good. Pirtle didn't have a good game. I think Zubac pretty clearly outplayed him. Scotty went six for twenty-one. I didn't notice that until now, but like that's unacceptable. Um, I want to talk more about Scotty. Oh, especially, con- especially considering Scotty's like me, I think he made like three or four field goal attempts in the fourth quarter. So I don't know. Six for 21 looks that much worse considering I think yeah. the fourth quarter, he kind of put the team on his back. So that's what I want to talk about. But quick OG was good. Pascal was good in the second half. I thought he was really bad yeah. to start. Um, but, but Pascal like, was we... not good in the fourth quarter or latter yeah. part of the fourth quarter. Yeah, but when we talk about, like, I don't know, the problem with this team that I've been saying all season is that they have all these good individual pieces, but it's never as good as the sum of its parts. And, like, this was an example of a game where the talent just doesn't make sense compared to, like, the Clippers bench even, like, Patoom, Plumley, Gordon Mann. Those players aren't, like, jumping off a, a page. Go, but... go, uh, hey, hey, hey. Go, Eric Gordon, I got he's one of the best. I, th- I think still he's one of the better bench players in the league. But beyond that, yeah. yes, I'm with you. I guess I want to talk about Scotty, though, because 6 for 21 is is awful. At the same time, in the fourth quarter, when when they made that comeback, it was largely I was honestly surprised how willing they were to give the ball to Scotty. I don't know if he was the only one with energy or what, but like Guys were just like, okay, Scotty, let's see if you can bring us back in this game. And he tried his hardest. Um, but, like, where are you guys with Scotty trying only in the fourth quarter? Because I know it just bothers some people. Um, for other people, it's a good sign because maybe one day he'll do that all game. Um, but, yeah, where are you guys with that? Aiden. I mean, I, I, I we, we were on Scotty's ass earlier in the year because it was kind of this consistent – flat effort I think he's been a lot better defensively and even in this game like I felt like he played not not consistently but generally his energy and his athleticism on the defensive end was good um and he's been like that for quite a while now and that's kind of like where I really measure his like his interest in the game and I think I think I think there were a lot of reasons for why he was disengaged early. Some of that is the lineups he's playing with, right? Like when he's, when it's him, Pascal, Scotty, when it's him, Pascal, Precious, Boucher, and Gary, and nobody's hitting, like it's crowded and there's not a lot of room for him to operate. Um, and I think that kind of disheartens him. I also think he's not getting the ball but, in the right position. But just to push back on that, like to, at the end of the game, he it wasn't a spacing matter. He was just shooting and chasing his own rebound and going super hard at it. Well, and yeah. like when he he could do that all game theoretically. That's true, but that's I mean it's not good offense, and it's like you said, no, it's, it's, like, it's almost like they just deferred to him. And I think another thing, and this has to do a little bit with Perto, but also has to do with where Pascal is choosing his spots and. I mean, Freddie had a pretty good game as, as a distributor again. Like, he, he made some incredible passes. But they're not getting Scotty in the spots where he's most dangerous, right? Like, part of the aggression that we saw in the fourth quarter is, like, isolation bullshit from Scotty that I don't love. Like, I love the aggression, but I don't love what he's doing with a minute 26 left. And I want to see earlier, I want them to be running plays for him, whether that's, like, 
him as a screener, him in the high post, him as a ball handler on the screen. Like, I want to see more diversity for him. And I don't think they really do that. They don't, there's, it's very haphazard with how they deploy Scotty. And with Pirtle, it's even more difficult for him. I was going to say, like, as a screener, as a post guy, now that Pirtle is here, he can't really do as much of that stuff. He has to be more on the perimeter. Yeah, yeah, especially because they had and, some of the some of the smaller guys on Scotty too. Eric Gordon was was checking him for a lot of the game, and if I'm not mistaken, Eric Gordon's what six four. He's not mm-hmm. a and he's I, not a big guy. I'll just finish with saying that, like you know, going back to the rotations, they didn't take Scotty out early like they typically do, and like I think that's one way you kind of avoid this logjam is that like you bring him back in with Gary, and you know I know they like running him with Pascal. Maybe you run him with OG, who's like another spacer. So then you have Gary and OG, and then you have Precious and Boucher as kind of like your front guys. Anything to kind of just give Scotty more space, more like defer deferral to him is like this. You're the like one B, one A guy right now for the next five minutes. And they didn't do that tonight. I don't know what was going on with the rotations. Yeah, for me, for me, a lot of the game. Yeah, that's like everyone's favorite buzzword now. I think in Raptors Twitter. Um, for me, I, I like I was watching this game, and from a macro view, it just looked like the Raptors were just trying to give Scotty developmental reps. Um, they were putting him in different places on the floor, but it felt like in the spots that he was winning to build off your point, Aiden, the spots that he was winning, they weren't placing him back there. So there was a play where he won in the low post on the elbow and uh, on Eric Gordon with a little like that little semi hook shot he does. And the next play, he's ISO dribbling at the top of the key. Like, I, I don't, like, understand that the Raptors know that, hey, okay, when the high pick and roll with Fred and Pirtle's working, we're going to keep going back to that and keep going back to that. They they shredded Nikola Jokic with it this week, right, until the Nuggets finally adjusted. So when something's working, the natural instinct is, okay, let's go back to that again and again and again until the team adjusts. And I don't know. The Raptors didn't do that with Scotty Barnes. And I, I I just felt like the more he missed, I was like, okay, maybe this is just like a throwaway game. It's going to give Scotty every opportunity kind of he wants and let him take these fadeaway mid-range shots and just let him do whatever he wants, essentially. Um, but again, that comes back to what I was saying before about clarity. There's no clarity, it felt like, with the offense today. But like, uh, it's it's almost like we this high pick and roll has been working so well the last couple of weeks with Jakob Pertl. Um and then when that goes away, there's no, nothing else works. <laughs> like there's no, and there's no vision. There's no like, okay, the Clippers aren't good at this. So let's take advantage of that. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't really have much else to say beyond that. I, I, I have to, I did it before, but I have to call out pressure to you guys. Like it's, it's for me, it's getting to the point where not only do I feel like his confidence has completely flatlined, but I think the his teammates' confidence is flatlined. I tweeted that you know there was a play, and and, and hopefully Keon's going to get me this clip. I don't, I'll post it tomorrow if I can. I, I genuinely don't care. But it's just they don't even trust him. Pascal Siakam in, in a clip that I, I, hopefully I can post tomorrow. Like I said, he, they don't trust each other on these drives. You know, Precious Achua gets it top of the key, looks off Pascal, drives really hard to his to his left. Sorry, not to his right. And just loses the ball, retrieves the ball, and Pascal Siakam's just shaking his head like, yeah, Pascal Siakam is shaking his head like, what are we doing? So 
they've lost they've lost complete confidence in him and i think precious has lost confidence in himself and you can see it and we saw it i keep mentioning the second half of last season how precious achua you could see when his confidence is high he sees a totally different player um makes smarter plays but now it's almost like and i hate to say this guys but it's almost like we're watching precious receive the ball and we're almost hoping that he doesn't make a mistake everyone's holding their breath so um it's very yeah. unfortunate because I think Nick Nurse is counting on him to be one of the, the main bench guys uh, coming off, uh, coming out of the rotation. So, um, yeah, yeah uh, I mean, I don't know. I want to talk about Precious too, but shout out to Pillsby real quick for the comment. This team has a lot of work to do in the offseason. Cheers for trying to wrap your heads around it. Thank you, Pillsby. Appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm writing a story about Precious. That's what I did today uh, it, for tomorrow. So, I definitely want to add to the conversation and like, you're right. The confidence is shot and he hasn't taken more than two threes in a game in like a month now. And for context last season, post all-star break, he shot four a game and he was shooting like 40%. That's when he was really shooting the three. Well, so like he's completely lost faith in his outside shot. There was one play that was really bothering me where he could have just taken a wide open shot at the top of the key. Instead, he passed it off, got it back, and then took like his one three. This game was pretty contested. And I was like, just take the easy one. Don't doesn't trust himself, wait yeah. and then take the hard one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right. His teammates also see him at the top of the key wide open. No one's defending him out there and they don't pass at him because they don't trust him to take that shot either. So those two things are feeding into each other. I think in terms of that confidence, it's not a good look. And I I think for the story, at least the interesting part to me for the rest of the season is going to be like precious played 12 minutes tonight where I think precious is like a litmus test for where this Raptors team prioritizes. Like do they bench precious down the stretch and in the playoffs or or the play in or whatever, or are they actually going to like care about his development they don't have they don't have space to bench him. They don't have enough bench. Who are they going to replace his minutes with? Well, You're the, right. The, the, so that, but you I know what I mean. He played twelve last, minutes uh, tonight. Like, are they going to yeah. keep playing him like twelve minutes, or are they going to let him play through mistakes and kind of, you know, care about his development? Um, or are they just going to be like, "Nah, we're trying to win every game right now. It, we're it, playing the vets. We're playing Will Barton. We're playing Thad Young." I don't think it's I don't think it's that either or to me it's like like what's the saying like it's a confidence thing but it's also like a under and this is something we talked about all year it's like an understanding of what your role is and I think like mm-hmm. precious there was a point where precious's role was like to be a little bit more of a spark plug um <clears throat> and when he came back from injury there was that like maybe 12 game stretch where he actually was becoming that. And now he's lost that touch. And so now he has to re-understand, redefine his role, which is that, like, you need to go out there and you work, work your tail off the same way Boucher does. And when you're open, mm-hmm. shoot the goddamn ball. And that's it. Like, you don't need to be doing the, like, the, like, slicing and dicing that you're doing if you're not comfortable. But yeah, you need but to know I, and where to pick your, pick your points. Yeah. I, I don't agree, though, that he doesn't know his role. I think he knows that he's a ball mover and energy guy he's not there to you know create but he looks for like himself he's, but he's not 
He's not playing that role. I don't but he think. took two he, shots he tonight. He doesn't look as aggressive. Yeah, he only took two shots tonight. Isn't that like? Isn't that what we're saying? His role needs to be that he it, he's more of a ball mover and and he's not a real offensive hub. Like he understands that, I think. But his defense is a step slow. And when he does choose to go, like he doesn't have a good understanding of, of I'm just saying that, like his spots, and I don't think that's a rule thing. I think that's just like a, uh, he's still learning the game thing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all of those things. I'm just saying that I think um, part of the passivity is that like he thinks the expectations are for him to do things that he's no longer confident doing. Whereas, like, I, the expectations are really, like, just go pound the glass and play good defense and everything else would be Gucci, you know? Like, and if you go over for 4 from 3, so be it. Like, we're okay with you shooting those open shots instead of hesitating. That's all I'm saying. So, this but is I, the question. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish off your thought. I was just going to say, I agree with you. Like, long term, this is an issue. Like, you know, as much as I've yeah. loved Pirtle's addition, like now this log jam of like Scotty, pra- Pascal, Precious, and Pirtle is like, is concerning. Mm-hmm. So, so the question now I pose, and this is a question that for me is becoming uh, bigger and bigger as the season goes along, especially with the losses. Uh, I talked about this, I think with you, Oren, I don't know if it was the last show or the one prior to that. The only alternative to playing Precious less, I think, is playing hurdle more because precious is the clear backup five in this offense right so do you do you play like if you know precious is gonna consistently and that's what he's been doing if we're being honest he's been consistently giving the raptors negative minutes right he's been a negative Mm -hmm. on the floor if he's gonna consistently do that at what point do you say especially because i know the goal for this team is clearly to make the playoffs right like they're not this isn't a tanking team Right. They, they made that clear at the deadline. So now at what point do you say, OK, now we're going to up Pirtle's minutes from that 28 to 30 mark to that mid 30 mark where he's maybe at 33, 34, 35 um, and sacrifice some of those developmental minutes for Precious? Like what at what point do you say that? Because at the end of the day, Precious is going to play whether it's three minutes, five minutes, 15 minutes. It is what it is. But Precious to me he's the clear sore thumb, especially off the bench, right? Um, We can expect maybe Gary to bounce back versus the Lakers on a Friday night. We can expect some of these guys, Will Barton, maybe if he's, if he's not, you know, if he comes back from that illness to make somewhat of an impact. But I think at what point do you guys say things need to change and maybe you need to sacrifice some of those precious minutes for um, maybe Pirtle? Yeah, I'll get to this incredible tweet in a second uh but last thing on precious i just want to say like it's not all bad in the sense of weirdly enough when precious has played beside a center he's been very positive the minutes with him and pertle have been great the minutes with him in coloco or thad have been great um so here's a wild idea <laughs> and i'm not even saying i'm in favor of any of these ideas but like him at the five hasn't worked this season for whatever reason. It's really weird because it worked last season. Okay. The only precious minutes at the five that have worked is with the starters. 
So either you start him and bring Pirtle off the bench. I'm not saying I would do this. That's crazy. But you know what I mean? Like he needs to be surrounded with all those wings in order for him to work at the five or bring Coloco up, try them together off the bench, like in certain matchups, something like that. But I I think there are more minutes to be found for him at the four. Um, like I said, those those minutes have largely been positive because he's a much better defender in space than he is at the rim right now. But yeah, they can't just keep playing him in these heavy bench units at the five and asking him to anchor the defense because it hasn't worked all season. It's not just going to start working now. He also, yeah, on the rotation piece, they left him with Zubots way too long. Like that's when you could play Pirtle more minutes mm-hmm. is when he's matching up against the big, but. Last point is I think Precious also needs a point guard with him. And that's another problem with not having that second guard off the bench to kind of like direct things and run him in pick and rolls and stuff is that like you're you're leaving kind of Precious hanging in those in those moments. Yeah. For Let's sure. get to this tweet because I actually think it's really interesting because we talked about it. So for the listeners, Sal, you want to read it? Yeah, absolutely. Um here we go. So it's Michael Grange from Sportsnet. He tweeted, Fred Van Vliet just unloaded. And f- again, for our podcast listeners, he put a caps lock on unloaded. So we know he unloaded big time. Unloaded post game on the officiating 31 to 14 in free throws in favor of the Clippers. Fred Van Vliet called out Ben Taylor in particular and said, quote, I'll take the fine, end quote. Uh, and then went off and then stormed off. So um, that's the tweet. Fred Van Vliet just kind of lost it on the officials and, and, and particularly called out Ben Taylor. So um, and the fact that he said, I'll take the fine means he'll, he'll, he'll definitely. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's going to read that and go, OK, here we go. Um, into the bank account you go. So um, I don't know. I don't know if I agree. I just feel like I don't agree. Way more physical than the I Raptors. think. What I you know. said earlier is absolutely true. Like, yeah, the Clippers dominated the paint, and like even Pascal. My frustration with him this game was that he was just taking jumpers. He wasn't even trying to get into the paint. Um, so to me, the interesting part of this is just like it feels like a level of frustration is building up because. For Fred in particular, if if you're objectively like gonna call out the refs, wouldn't you do it after last game when they absolutely screwed you at the end? You know what I mean? Like the fact that he did it in this game just feels much more of like a frustration thing. Everything's going wrong than it is like a okay, it's time to get get at the refs in order to help us like going forward, like a strategic thing. For sure. Um, it's also one of those things that I feel like it's just piling up for the Raptors at this point. Like you're coming off the Denver loss and all Raptors fans are going crazy. And there's tons of articles that came out and, you know, mentioned the referees. And um, I didn't even know referees could be interviewed after games. Like maybe I'm just a, a basketball noob, but uh, what's his name? What's Scott? Scott yeah, Foster? They, they always he do was, if it's like a big like call at the end. Yeah, so he was interviewed after the Denver game, said what he had to say. So I feel like this is all just piling on. And Fred is just now they're on this Western Conference road trip and it's still not over. They got the Lakers, like I said, on Friday night. So they're staying in L.A. Um, and I mean, yeah, I don't I don't agree with you, Fred. I'm sorry. I just I, I just don't agree with you. I think 
top down, the Clippers were way more physical than the Raptors. Um, and uh, yeah, the Raptors bench absolutely uh, SHAT them, themselves in this game. So um, yeah, Aiden, what did you think about Fred's uh, comments at the end? I think, I think there was, I don't think it was like terribly egregious. Not definitely not like the Denver game. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I I think you guys you guys got it yeah. right. He's just they're they're he's frustrated. That was just, it's a just bad frustration loss. for sure. Um, I don't really have anything else to add to this game. I no. mean, we. I, one thing I'd here. love to see, yeah, one thing I'd love to see on Friday night is some sort of change. I know people are going to mention the rotation, 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 but I just, I want to see something. Um, like I'm going to be curious. The four, whatever. Yeah. I'm going to be curious watching the end of this season uh, what happens in the clutch with the Raptors offense because they're going away from Pascal recently and they're starting to go more towards Scotty and... I find I think that's an interesting development, and I'm curious to see how it goes going forward. For sure, we'll wrap it up there. Um, again, another un- very unfortunate loss for your Toronto Raptors. Um, they lost the game tonight versus the LA Clippers, 108 to 100, breaking the Raptors' record three games below 500, 32 wins and 35 losses on the season. Before you guys leave us tonight, we need you to subscribe to our Raptors Republic YouTube, as well as our podcast channel, The Rapcast. This was the Wrap Up Live, your official Raptors Republic post-game live show uh, with myself, Sahal Abdi, Oren Weisfeld, Aiden Moss. We'll see you guys on Friday night versus the Lakers. Everyone loves Lakers games. Unfortunately for my East Coast people, it's another late game, and we're going to be up and we're going to be exhausted. The good thing is it's a Friday night, so maybe that helps a little more. Uh, yeah, we loved e- having each and every one of you guys spend time with us. Enjoy um, whatever you could enjoy from a game after like this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, normally I say enjoy the win when they come off a win, but I mean, I mean, enjoy the Lakers with no LeBron coming up on Friday night. We'll see you guys soon. Um, and yeah, we're gonna be here after every night, guys. Like this is just it at this point. Like I know you guys are shocked that we're here after terrible losses like this, but myself, Aiden, and Orin are gonna be here most nights uh, to break it down for you. Uh, Other than that, yeah. Do you guys have any last words? Good night. Here we go.